Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Man, Ed, we are looking at uh, a very fun one today. Brian Azzarello and Richard Corbin team up for Banner, a four-issue Hulk miniseries. And if there's a Marvel character that Richard Corbin was made to draw, the Hulk is it. So wild, man, to think that this guy had a 25, 30-year career on the fringes. Uh he, he would he would mess with genre, of course, you know, and, and could draw the, the best muscular figures of the underground comics and the ground level comics and stuff. But never in a million years would anybody have ever thought that he'd be fucking with Marvel in DC. Goes over to DC. He does that uh, John Constantine thing with Brian Azzarello. That goes over big. We'll, we'll we'll cover that one, man. It's it's pre- it's pretty hardcore. I think on page two, there's some 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 rapage going on there in the prison. <laughs> Uh, hops over to uh, to Marvel, does this thing, man, and it is still a Richard Corbin comic. Off the off the bat, like people were gonna hoop and holler, and there will be comments about like, I wish he would have colored it. Sure. And uh, it's one of those things where like, this guy was getting up there in age. You probably the 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 choices are, you either don't get this comic. Or you get this comic with him with him drawing it and and you endure the color and I will every time take more Richard Corbin comics than less Richard Corbin comics so let's cut that part out of the the uh, the conversation because yes of course like I would love to have him color this whole thing this looks pretty good that might be him actually he probably yeah he may color these covers they do look really sharp and if you look at like Hulk like I was looking at this cover and thinking like there's all this rendering in ink on the banner figure here in the foreground and you look at the hulk and there's like muscles that are airbrushed in and stuff that's why i think it's him very little of the the black rendering in those muscles so yeah it could be him reminds me a little bit of some early kevin nolan coloring like he did a um a man thing miniseries that really kind of looks like this they're both being you know from from kansas uh an interesting artist who are good with color and do every a lot of the stuff themselves the other piece with this cover is obviously i'm coming off of hulk grand design or in the midst of wrapping up hulk grand design um one of the big pieces for me was a a john ramita piece of that was on like cups and bowls and stuff of hulk crashing through a blue wall the color scheme's the same like this really kind of calls back memories to that uh that piece which was on you know part of my childhood because i had one of those hulk bowls that i would eat cereal out of when i was six and it's kind of like an updated image in in some ways of that licensed image of the hulk you think about the licensed image of these characters man and there's a reason why you get john ramita to do it man because this would make you shit your pants (laughs) as a five-year-old right (laughs) all right man well let's dive in um the other piece for uh bringing Corbin to Marvel or DC, I think, is Axel Alonso, yeah. who had been an editor at Vertigo. And uh, man, look, just from panel one, this is how you do it, everybody. Like Azarello, I assume, r- you know, writes this and figures this out, but give us the money right from page one. This is how you sell a comic. I pick this up off the new rack and open page one. That's it. That's going home with me. Unmistakable Richard Corbin comic with the lettering, with the kind of panel composition, these like dough ball figures. Yeah, it's it's again, it's just the perfect the perfect combination of character and artist. Um, and this is early in Joe Quesada's run as editor in chief, where he was bringing in some interesting comics. It's funny. I look at like this Marvel comics across the top, and it reminds me of the X Force Ecstatics era of uh, bringing Mike Allred in, where it's like that was a really exciting time for Marvel. And I credit Quesada with some of that. You know, like he brought in some artists that hadn't really done much at Marvel with anything. Yeah, I got like, Brian Michael Bendis would be incredible. One. Uh, 
there's so much good Hulk art through this series. Yeah, like I love Corbin comics so much, man, because it if he came in cold and he wasn't Richard Corbin, but he had this exact style, he would not get a job at Marvel Comics. They would tell him, you got to work on your backgrounds. <laughs> That's such a cartoon, like an underground comics background. Yeah, you got to work on your anatomy. So like, what I like about Corbin is like every every panel is not consistent and there's a freedom to that to me and i think i feel a f sense of freedom within within him pro being projected by him just like thinking that like like the story is the thing like that's the most important part and then there will be these elements that are just super wonky but i fucking love it yeah um this is cool like the hulk wrecking ball taking down a building love that I'm going to compliment the colorist right here because we've got green, orange, and, and purple, and your purple in your eye, it's perfect for a Hulk image. I'm sure there'll be some stuff that, that maybe isn't as good. But here we are. <laughs> by and large, I, I think the colorist does all right. Like, I wasn't taken out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a very dark page and stuff, man, but I, I see what they're trying to do, trying to get a little mood in there. See, and this is what I mean. Like, he's just kind of going, going hog wild. Like, he is not worried about making these characters stand on the same perspective and junk it's like just get them in there get everything you need in there it's a destructive scene you know like what what we're trying to communicate is this is the aftermath this is like your natural disaster has rolled through this city and uh this is what happens afterwards like try to just repair and save and rescue and and this is what happens with the hulk early 2000s <laughs> uh we're coming off the extreme 90s we saw that tobacco is wacko ad up front and just like the obnoxious ad stuff yeah. man it was like this was how you sold sold shit back in the day man amazing what you know like what's the budget on this movie <laughs> somebody was like 40 million dollars yeah that mm -hmm. sounds like money well spent <laughs> and there's a cut line yeah because so you could hang that up man. yeah whoever cuts that out shame shame on you <laughs> so doc samson shows up you know in this aftermath kind of a fun story this is set i guess outside of hulk continuity um, there's an editorial in the back, and it's about uh, startling stories is what they call this. And I don't know that that gained any traction. I don't know even what another startling story was. Peepag's megalomaniacal Spider-Man is a startling story. All right. I didn't realize that. And, and see our video for that one, man. Talk about a fun comic from that era. But it allows this to be kind of a standalone and exist outside. And Samson being, you know, part of the the team, the government the team. cleanup squad. Really trying to manage Hulk and what he does. So... Uh, Thunderbolt Ross as well. Pretty good Thunderbolt Ross. It's that fun. It's that fun thing where uh, Hulk is on a rampage, so they always they just trail behind him and have to kayfabe to the community what just happened. Oh yeah, tornado or this or that. Yeah, and that's what he's putting together here. Once we have our natural national disaster, the president will have his press conference. So they're just working out the story that they're going to release to the to the press as to what happened here. Kind of a a good Hulk story. You oh, know? it's great, man. It's great. And uh, you see the, the remnants, the famous purple pants. Look at this for your foreshortening kind of uh, panel. Love it. It's it's one of those ones where like you can soften the focus of your eyes and, and like and like just imagine the Richard Corbin reference photo. You know, and, and he would and who would do that? Where like there would be one photo like you know, like he's making that one up. But this one, uh, it's not quite working. I'm gonna like pose it, I'm gonna figure it out. And it's always, there's always a dissonance and it would be 
considered wrong. Like if you were teaching comics, you would say, don't do that. Yeah. You know, you got to be more consistent with your pages. But Richard Corbin does not have to do that. It's really neat because to me, of course, I think of Kirby, right? And the big square fingers coming out. So it's almost like uh, an, an Easter egg of Jack Kirby, the Jack Kirby hand. It's true. And and uh, like it's it's a weird perspective. Like like that Kirby foreshortening is not easy to figure out. And when you do it wrong, it looks like Starenko. Uh, and, and so that's like Starenko-ish. Yeah. I have to point out the 100 Greatest Marvels of All Time list. Because on here is X Factor 87, the psychiatrist issue by Peter David and Joe Quesada. Uh, one that we're going to look at at some point. <laughs> Kiko Johnson bringing that to our attention and, and something I'm kind of interested to revisit. But uh, pretty fun to see. This would have been like a web poll, I believe, is how they compiled these. Oh, interesting. So, so Marvel readers uh, you know, trying to put together this list in the early 2000s of the 100 greatest Marvels of all time. Look at this, man. Straight up X-Files. See, I'm not complaining about that color choice. Yeah, and and really you cool. wonder, someone's directing there a little bit. I mean, I, I right? He's like got to have a vision, Corbin, yeah. in terms of like, let's do it this way. Yeah. Boy, that's it's pretty pretty impressive, though. It is. It's it's like it's like light from the heavens, and just you know, that's crazy. It looks like uh, Pompeii or something, like just a, a statue. Yeah, it's really strange, like. I don't know this colorist group, you know, like for all I know, it's a pseudonym of a few people, including possibly Corbin uh, being involved. I think his daughter colored his work at a certain point. Yes. Maybe, maybe maybe she has a hand in it. Who knows? Yeah, it could be something like that. This is kind of a weird bit of the headlights, like going across pages and stuff. The purple and orange, you know, um, I like that color choice of doing those secondary colors throughout a lot of this series. Corbin colors. And you're seeing Banner even caught up in the aftermath of this kind of chaos. And it's kind of neat to think of Banner that he could blend into this you know like like once he's leveled the city like he can just kind of transform himself back into the people that have all been displaced you know the the, the war-torn refugee like uh appearance there <laughs> and then you get the ads of what else was going on <laughs> <laughs> and it feels like a refugee camp you know like a pop-up tents to try to triage uh, the locals the people that can be saved or in some cases can't be saved and move on you know it really is looking at this like it's a disaster and, and uh this is 2001 it's kind of how i think a hulk sure it's uh, one of the elements in my stories is how like hulk's a weapon you know like he's a weapon that went wrong and i mean like you know like you don't got to bury the lead that that's what that's what this comic is the idea is that hulk was supposed to happen they're going to practice with him and just drop him into you know, drop him into North Vietnam or so, or something, and just like let him go rampage. But he got loose. And the uh, the origin for this particular disaster is that you know he was crashing out in this like homeless shelter when some guys uh, threatened his life. Really, uh, it's 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 always funny to me is how many times he turns into the Hulk. Yeah. Right? Like at some point, like you got to figure out how to manage this, get out of harm's way. Um, so they kind of go out of their way, I guess, to make it look like. You know, don't blame him. You know how not, it not is. Not his fault. You, you know how it is, guys, man. You just uh, don't watch the first two commercial breaks of the Lou Ferrigno show. <laughs> like, don't watch those. Wait till he, you know, steps on a nail and then watch watch that stuff. So he pulls a, uh, a gun that he finds as, as, you know, as he's going through all of this stuff. And uh, he leaves the, uh, the, the community there where they're helping people, goes off to a mesa to take his own life. Yeah, man, those guys, they read that uh, one issue of uh, Eight Ball, the, the one David Boring issue where that, that bullet's getting shot straight at the at the camera. 
very effective. You gotta come back next month and see what happens here. Look at how distorted this face is. That feels like a camera reference where your camera's right in the grill, like a different lens. Yeah. Um, to have kind of that reverse fisheye. Cause like the side is so, is a mile away from this nose. Yeah. It's a very unusual choice. These are he, nice He does songs. that, he does that, man. And this is the editorial from Axel Alonso talking about the startling stories idea, which aren't what ifs and aren't else worlds, but I don't know exactly what they are. Tragic. Peter Bag and Richard Corbin, which is pretty good. That's what they should have called that line. You know, it, it, it's a tragedy that that like more people didn't support this stuff in a giant way because this to me is what is what uh, those comics should be. Like fuck your like big giant continuity thing. Get cool creators to do their little tenure. Let them put their stamp on the character. Wash, rinse, and repeat. Get get another batch, man. Because these guys get long in the tooth. They get comfortable in the position as writers, and you know they're there forever, just treading water. Um, give me give me something with some substance. We interrupt this video to pay some bills. Ed Piscor's Red Room. Do you like graphic violence, outlaw artwork? How do you feel about murder on the dark web for fun and profit? There are now several ways to pick up Ed Piscor's Red Room, starting with the Antisocial Network a graphic novel available wherever books are sold that collects the first four issues of Red Room in this handsome volume, along with some great back matter like a first draft uh, in drawing form, no less. Very awesome. Notes from the creator like a uh, director's commentary. There's also new monthly Red Room comics starting up coming March 9th, Trigger Warnings, the next series of Red Room comics, all self-contained by the way, so like series of short stories. Starting March 9th, this will be the cover to look for in your local comic shop. By the way, due to ransomware attacks on the distributor, this may be the lowest print run of any Red Room title. So pick this up as soon as you see it. These are the variants. Peach Momoko returns to do a Red Room variant for trigger warnings. This is my variant uh, based on the Robert Crumb Zap comics. And this is Ed's variant more along the lines of a uh, traditional book cover design. Again, those will be in comic shops March 9th. Pick those up as soon as you see them. If you can't wait until March 9th, you can follow Red Room on Ed's Patreon and read them early as he's finishing them, post new pages every Tuesday. And they are currently in the middle of trigger warnings on the Patreon, and that's patreon.com slash Links that you can find below this video. Pick up Red Room anywhere you buy comics. The perfect gift for yourself or the horror fan in your life. My next project, Hulk Grand Design, will be hitting stores March 16th. This is a retelling, a definitive retelling of the Hulk's history covering the first 40 years of Hulk comics, 10,000 pages roughly distilled into two oversized issues, and uh, just in time to celebrate the Hulk's 60th anniversary. This is the perfect book for anybody who's into comic art. The Hulk, longtime fans, first-time readers, this is the perfect place to uh, kind of renew your Hulk love if you've been a reader that's fallen off the wagon. And uh, I need your help with this. I'm asking everybody who's watching Kayfabe to tell their local comic shops to pre-order Hulk Grand Design Monster for March 16th. That's 316. It'll be in stores everywhere. But you need to order that now if you want your store to stock up on Hulk Grand Design. You know what I was thinking, Jimmy? Uh, we've Kayfabe affected so much stuff out in the comic book universe let us kayfabe affect ourselves a little bit a hundred percent ed that's exactly what i'm calling on all the kayfabers out there and we've got some great variants for hulk grand design monster peach momoko once again like a friend of cartoonist kayfabe apparently doing these variant covers marcos martin doing a cool hulk transformation and of course cartoonist kayfabe's own 
Ed Piscor paying homage to Todd McFarlane as well as Herb Trimpey's original Wolverine appearance with the whiskers. Such a cool comic, like I've said before. Makes me a little bit jealous that you came up with this concept, Ed. I love it. And for everybody watching, these variant covers are not retailer incentives. If you see one of these covers and that's the one you want, all the more reason to pre-order. Tell your local comic shop you want the Ed Piscor variant, and uh, it'll be waiting on you March 16th. And now back to our regular scheduled videos. Reminds me a little bit of Apocalypse Now. Yeah. You know, anytime you see a bunch of a bunch of helicopter gunships flying in, like, hard not to see that. You hear well, the flight of the Valkyries. The, the red. Yep. Exactly. And uh, the little Doc Samson insignia on the side, although it's on a couple of them. So not sure about that, but good cover. All right, man. So he shot himself in the face <laughs> last round, <laughs> and that's how he transforms into Hulk this time. <laughs> So it's instantaneous. Spits out the slug. That's so funny. That feels almost uh, th that feels almost like a Vertigo comic or something. You know, even like Arse Face there as he's puckering up to spit it out. <laughs> yeah, Studio F is your color. So I don't know if that's like a group of, of people maybe working under a collective name or not. Smashes the gun. Um, that's a wild Hulk face. We're going to see some real hamburger faces in a minute, man. Yeah, I like it. And smashes the mountain that's underneath him. The Mesa, I suppose. Corn nuts. Corn nuts commercial. <laughs> Good drawing. <laughs> sure. Man, all the ads are so, like, they might be more powerful for me in nostalgia than, like, the comics. That's how it goes. I guess so. I guess you'd see them a lot over and over. Yeah. And Samson working up his morning sweat here, doing some curls. This is another piece of Corbin where he is adventurous with his compositions and will cut off a face all weird like that. Like, nobody else would choose to do that, nor would, if he was coming in cold, would that be acceptable by an editor. But it works, you know? Like, it, it just kind of proves that your your standard idea of rules are, are bullshit, really. I look at his stuff and I think, like, this is not true perspective, but it does read like it's it's not jarring yeah. i wonder i wonder how true it is it may be more true than i give it credit for you know i mean that's that's a pretty that's a pretty good one but like that fema camp setup that we were talking about earlier yeah it's really about it's like it's like iconography or something because because it's just like get the things that you need in there and they're it's way off perspective like if because we're used to seeing like what an otomo version of that would be and where everything is rooted in in, in solid like that here's that hamburger face like yes. hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> maybe his model wasn't fully formed at this point uh, famous for making little head models and stuff that he could then reference with light um and the way they find him is he beats that that mesa or that butte or whatever he was standing on beats it into a crater and it's showing up as like earthquakes and that's how they track like where he's at to uh to show up and and basically I guess try to destroy him or capture him or stop him or do something even though he's in the middle of the desert really uh the best place to have the hulk going crazy keeping samson in shadow through through most of it until we get like his his kind of big reveal is this the one where it's like tap him on the shoulder yeah how about that for your tap uh tap image like the skull there is, is he's getting just destroyed that's a great sequence like this whole whole way really good yeah and these are these or Corbin lettering, you know, the sound effects. Doesn't feels that like look it. like his? Yeah, it feels like it. I mean, I mean, that one feels like the least in a way. Like, but, but like, uh, you know, this kind of stuff, like, I, we've seen him do that. It's funny, like, this could be a, a spread from the actual. It works. <laughs> from this series. It works, man. So these helicopters are just kind of like raining in uh, fire. 
unfortunately one of them flies in a little too low little gets a little too close to the flame love the feet as he's like flexing into his jump to uh you know you even see it this is this is another one great sequence four panel comic strip you see the recognition in the hulk and you see what's about to happen and the same deal like you see the recognition in samson and what's about to happen <laughs> and uh that that those pilots i don't think are gonna fly any more missions His drawings are scary, man. They are scary. That dog, Doc Sims, like, that's a scary-looking guy. Yeah, the text. Barely human. It's like you recognize it as human because it has a, it has a nose, eyes, mouth, but it's all gangly and weird. Hamburger. There's your money shot. <laughs> Man, I, I love any of these, like, just seeing, like, how he draws all the little bits of the figure stuff that you see, like, a slightly different version of, like, those Hulk feet. Hard to draw feet, and uh, you don't see that version of Hulk feet. Right. So, that was about as much as Samson could do to buy time for, uh, to, to pretty much for himself to escape and uh, leave everybody else behind. They have this new weapon that they're trying to use on him, and that's what you see here. And it's talked about early. You know, it's kind of set up as, is the weapon ready? They they shot him with a missile already, man. That didn't do anything. They hit him in the head with a helicopter blade. How it, badass is that? It always looks like he gets fucked up. Like that like that missile hit him, and you saw a skeleton and stuff, and then the next panel, you see nothing. So, so this is still, this is like Terry Toons, you know, um... Uh, Tom and Jerry, you know, this is a Tom and Jerry story because he's so great. Up. His reflection in the mirror before he gets hit. Right. But you know what? The the better you can make it look like he's that he's suffering some kind of pain, the better it makes sense of him being in the just angry, agitated state that he's in. Yeah. You know, it's really selling like a piss. It's like you want to be pissed off, hit him with a helicopter rotor. Jeez. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. <laughs> And uh, here we go. Man, but before they leave, Samson's like, do me a favor, Bruce. Don't tear through them too quickly. He's just leaving behind that whole, like, helicopter platoon to, you know, keep Hulk occupied. And uh, you guys probably aren't coming back. He says, man, the point of those lives is to keep that brood occupied. But then it's that thing of, like, better those guys who kind of, you know, signed up for this man's army, uh, sacrifice themselves, man, then allow Hulk to go to, like, another town. So Yeah, Santa Fe, where there are even more lives. You know, and that's one of those good, that's one of those good, believable kinds of things that you could put into a comic. Yeah, I, I think it's, again, I you know, I think it's a good take on Hulk, and, and maybe you can't do this in a Hulk monthly book, because pretty soon you have a mass murderer character in your title character. Uh, Jim Shooter, you know, you'd have to put the Hulk down if this was <laughs> under his tenure. But for this story, go for it. And, man, that's some pretty coloring, the, the sunrise here. And talk about shadows for your uh, Doc Samson. So, Thunderbolt Ross, not happy with how this is going down. And who can blame him? You know, this is your aftermath. Great caricature. You could almost imagine this in Mad Mag. You know, like there's an alternative universe where this is a Mad Magazine artist. Yeah. And a very good one. Lest we forget, this comic is called Banner. <laughs> Gotta get some Bruce Banner in there every now and the then. The funniest part is like that lettering choice. It sucks, it sucks ass compared to like 
you know, your your Richard Corbin type. And and I actually am beginning to think that he that he maybe he's not like the letter of some of this stuff. Man, it feels it's like the same line weight and shit. Like they're trying to kayfabe some Corbin lettering. Yeah, I suppose it's possible. All right, so of course, <laughs> this is this why is... does he turn into Hulk? Well, he stops to get a drink of water, and he's in the middle of what? A couple of guys like robbing this little middle of nowhere liquor convenience store. But it's the okey doke that you're gonna get hit with, man. Because I mean, they take it to the place of absurdity. Also, green tinge to this stuff, man. He's in the he's in the the Hulk Matrix. <laughs> so so it's like, is it the guys? Nah, it's not the guys, man. It's a dog. No, it's not the dog. Here we go. What's it gonna be? Is it the cops? You know, is it? No, it's not the cops. It's a scorpion. <laughs> <laughs> that is a lot of uh, putting off your climax. <coughs> that's that's foreplay. That's Hulk foreplay, Ed. Go back real quick. Uh, one more. So you got your your scene there, like right when he's turning, and then and then take it to like the next panel. Not Corbin lettering. Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, you got some fucking Richard Storkings type shit. Same camera camera point of view, except uh, you know body bags and and uh, FEMA tents and stuff. Yeah, and again, you see your your tension between your specialist Doc Sampson there, just to control this Hulk, get him on, get him in-house, in prison, dead, whatever it is, and your military guy who's not on board for that kind of woo-woo approach. <laughs> There's, again, with the coloring, you know, this green tinge, and then your outside lighting is purple. Not accidental. Works pretty well. You know, for all the, the criticism, again, that we level at a lot of these colorists, I feel like that's not bad. Love the smoke blowing out. Yeah. It's such a good face. Almost looks like a dog face. You know, it like does, the yeah. Like, like, a, like a Georgetown down. Hoya. And even with him, like, jawing at him and, and that cigar going up and down. Cigar banned around 2001. This would have been uh, one of the last probably smoking scenes in Marvel Comics, right? T tobacco is wacko. Maybe a couple years after this. When did Brian Leo O'Malley say they uh, did away with it? Oh, oh, 03, maybe oh, 04? Can't remember, but yeah, pretty pretty early on around here. He's, like, drinking engine, uh, drinking water out of, like, car engines or something. Yeah, that's what this whole thing starts oh, no, that's with. That's just like a whole thing of water. Is that he was he was there looking for water? Banner was. Yeah. So, Hulk continuing to be thirsty after uh, fighting out that, in the desert. Getting some of that Fiji water. There's another one. Hamburger. There's your external purple lighting, night light, and our big confrontation that we've kind of been building towards, right? Samson and Hulk. It's funny to see uh, Thunderbolt Ross's face replaced now with Hulk's face, equally yeah. cartoony. And this like is especially there, man, just mean mugging each other. And I love shadow. the shadow cast yeah. on his face from the Hulk. Yeah, what that page is, man, this is the promo setups like at UFC fights when you get the guys together and then you get uh, that Dana, what's his face, man? To Dana White. Dana White back there. And then, you know, he's like whispering, all right, no, no. Pretend to punch him so I can get in the middle. And like you know, like like the, the, the that's the pro wrestling part of that UFC shit is this part. Yeah, definitely. Where they're Looking trying to sell themselves. Noses are touching. That's a great panel. Uh, I keep thinking about Spider Man's tangled web. I, I pulled some issues from. Yeah, there, there's a few I think we got to go through. It's such an interesting period for Marvel, man. Looking back now, twenty years, twenty years ago. And and you know, once again, man, we get the comics uh, industry that 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 we deserve, and and the fans were not there, man, supporting. 
you know the the, the Paul Pope Spider Man comics and shit and like what what a world they could have been man they could have they they could have kept kept us in the in in as fans if uh, you know more of that stuff existed. It's probably the proof of what sells and doesn't. You know, like they certainly gave it a shot with some of these different artists, and it's like the sales must not have been there for the stuff. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's the audience. You know, the audience yeah. is a bunch of goofballs. It, it, it's a reason why we got to have this channel, man, to like have like-minded people sharing this, man, and to and to hip some people to some cool stuff. I love these. They're so outlandish for uh, for the expressions. Yeah, man. And I don't know how you're doing this. This is not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Boom! Yeah, he gave him a feral one. Like, see, Doc Samson flies too close to the sun with wings made of wax, man. So he gave Hulk a feral one, and Hulk responded in kind. And this is almost your callback to uh, cover number one. You yeah. Know, with, with your fist drawn, and what a great panel for a punch there. <laughs> <laughs> There's your hamburger face. <laughs> This is pretty good for for showing some weight of like catching those those uh, fists in his hand. Pummeling or God. yeah, it doesn't help. It doesn't ultimately help. But we're off to our conclusion now, and um, another great cover. Love that shadow of the Hulk behind Banner and his little uh, padded cell. Shades of like a kind of like a Charles Atlas kind of ad or whatever. We get your homunculus douchebag who who turns into a big muscle guy. Little reference to that Hellblazer run maybe. Incarcerated guy in his uh in his prison getup. So getting getting some origin I suppose of uh how Banner comes to be. And again like I'm so surprised by this choice because I think a lot of the choices in this book are pretty good, but this kind of like a uh, high tech like Yeah, where did, yeah, where does it fit? not not clear not obvious this this is interesting because like of course we got like a different kind of green tinge it's it's daylight green but it could have some storytelling relevance when you see everything starting to drop and then you discover that there's like a sleeping gas that's being so that's the color of the sleeping gas man yeah it's a cool that's a cool uh detail and you see the entire town has been knocked out so we're going to try to pick up banner without uh getting waking up hulk and dudes in their suits, hazmat suits coming to get him and hauling him away. I think you get like a sentence or two just explaining what they've done, what the press release is going to say happened here, right? A train wreck or a, a truck wrecking and releasing this this liquid. Yeah, man, that's the start of, our, is it Return of the Living Dead, number two? Love the bandaged up Samson. Something that you see in the Incredible Hulk comic the, the regular comic from time to time whenever he has a run-in although this one looks really good the swelled up eye is very believable as a swelled up eye yeah and uh dr lecter absolutely or uh i guess it's probably before that second x-men movie with magneto in a plastic cell but totally man they got him and they got him hooked up to nitrogen and oxygen nitrous oxide baby yeah, he's in a good mood in there. Not going to get that heart rate up. Look at him smiling. It makes him look so creepy. Same with those reflective lenses. Yeah, man. Because you, you take the windows to the soul away, you know? You just let, let the reflection do its thing, and it's hollow. And the plan is simple. They're going to lobotomize Banner. Yeah, man. Just tap, tap him with that nail inside that orbital. And uh, Doc Sampson does not like that idea. He's a brilliant guy, this Banner. He created the initial program. Uh, he, he is doc Sampson's god you know like 
the Hulk was an accident, but it was, you know, an effort, a beta stage to get to Doc Sampson. He recognizes Banner's genius, but Banner's like, you know what, man? They're probably right. Probably not that bad of a thing. Look at that foreshortening. That's that's Corbin. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it just it it, it kind of his art feels so freeing to me, like free of rules. Like like it's an example where the storytelling is the important part to you or me. Like the the regular Wednesday warrior is going to see this and be like, I do not accept my mid range characters having such big heads. Right. I won't I won't stand for it. Makes me think of like when we look at Rob Liefeld and, and I can imagine hate comments coming in just by me saying what I just said. Yeah, say say, say feet. <laughs> but you know, like it's not about accurate anatomy. No. You know, like my fa- if you listed my favorite cartoonist, you wouldn't have a bunch of guys who are who's the best at drawing anatomy. I don't care. Yeah. In fact, I often find really good anatomy boring. Sure, sure. We've seen so much of it, man. Like with these guys that are tracing off these photos, like for these ads, you know, and, and turning it into Psylocke. This is a story of, uh, you know, within this universe of Hulk, of Banner being deployed as a weapon. Yeah. So early on, dropped out of this stealth bomber into uh, hostile territory, and, you know, this is your, your end result. Yeah, man. Just waking up with uh, enemies defeated. When, when I was in third grade living in Baltimore, uh, not far from Washington, D.C., that's when they sort of unveiled the stealth bomber. But we, but we saw that shit, and it, would, it was freaking people out. And then you realize, like, oh, that that's us, man. That thing up there, that's us. It's not Batman. This is Fuckator. This page could be right out of that. For comic. sure. Yeah, for sure. It's a great face on him. That feels like something that he had to have a model he was lighting. Like, to get that shadow off of the nose and stuff there, I, I don't think you fake that. That's what I'm saying. Like, like you could always tell, like, like when, he, when he goes th- that direction, and then when you see what Richard Corbin looks like, like, that's his face. That's Richard Corbin right there. Some of these pages I just love, and Hulk's not even on them, like pressing his face against that that plexiglass or whatever that is. Let me see the original of that, because they're they're kayfabing the line work to, mm-hmm. to make it reflective, and I would love to see what that looks like in black line. That's a good point. They had some of, um, I can't remember if they had Banner specifically, but the Angoulême exhibit had some of his Marvel pages there. Yeah. And they're stunning. They're what you would expect. Why isn't there an artist edition of Corbin, you know? Like, even if it's something that that his estate would put out, you know, because he seems very protective of that art and copyright, like, wouldn't that be an amazing book? Yeah. This is is that, uh, this is this thing that happens every now and then you'll read an article about, uh, you know, there'll be something in the news about airplane flying over protected airspace. They set up the, they set up the jets to go see what's going on. And the jet fighter is looking in the window and see everybody sleeping. It's the reason why those like masks come down from the top of, of the airplane. Right. Uh, so that you can like take in oxygen because what, happens is you know it's nitrous oxide a lot of nitrogen up there in the upper atmosphere and you know when you're choking like when you're underwater and and you feel that panic that's carbon dioxide and uh, and your body's kind of thrashing because of that but drugs i mean drugs gases like uh, nitrogen your body gets tricked into thinking that you're just breathing regular air when you're not and you're not taking in oxygen and you just slumber away man and your toast
Can't tell if you're describing a good way to go or not. I can't think of a better way. You see, this is a pretty cool kind of piece. It's him tying the tube off. Yeah, man. You know, it's uh, good cartooning, and uh, that's it. <laughs> and then, then uh... <laughs> maybe it's not it. <laughs> it's so good, right? That's that's really good, man. It is. It's it's a fun series, and man, I love seeing Corbin art in any capacity. But considering how much Hulk I've been looking at and, and, and thinking about the last year, it's so much fun to go through this. A lot of good stuff to say about Brian Azzarello's contribution to this, because unlike the monthly stuff that we were looking at where Peter David is very comfortably sitting in that position for years, uh, regardless of who the artist is, he's, he's got a, his story to tell. He wants to tell his story, yada, yada. This is a Richard Corbin vehicle. Brian Azzarello gets out of the fucking way, sets that dude up so that he can excel and make his statement with the Hulk, his being Richard Corbin. Uh, so I give mad props to Azzarello, who was very, very, very hot at the time with his 100 Bullets and, and his run on Constantine and, and uh, numerous other projects. But ego in check, I get to fucking write a Richard Corbin comic, another Richard Corbin comic, We've got a little bit of um, rapport from our previous works. Yeah, I wonder what their relationship was like if it was a, a matter of them talking. You know, like, yeah. hey, hey, uh, Corbin, what do you want to draw? What should I put in here? What do you? Any favorite characters you want in here? Which, by the way, comic writers, that should be default setting. You fucking dweebs, you cornballs. That should be your default setting, man. You talk to your artist, see what they're excited about. Uh, the best tattoo that you can get from a tattoo artist is the one that they want to make. Not not your little <laughs> lotus flower that you want on your ankle bone. You, you dig what I'm saying, man? Uh, see what those guys what want to draw, what inspires them. You write around that, man, because you guys are killing our comics culture with your fucking bullshit. One last note. All these banner logos, slightly different from uh, from book to book. So I don't know if that was a Corbin design or not. But, um, you know, you can see like the crack formations just a little bit different, sometimes very different, but uh, kind of working that in as part of the art, which I, uh, again, like to me, I think of that as alternative comics. I always think of Klaus 8-Ball and how like every issue or Acme, every issue, Dirty Plot, they all would have different logos that would go with their art. Something that I've done with Street Angel, something I love. And uh, when you like an artist and you see them doing that, that stands out, so kind of a cool detail. Yeah, yeah, it does, man. Uh, some work better than others. Maybe on your issue one, you wanted to say banner a little more clearly. Could be. <laughs> Although, I don't think you're going to be too confused by that cover. Bizarre. <laughs> Good to go? Yes. Okay, favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, we'll notify you when new vids are available. What's out there, Jimmy? Hulk Grand Design Monster. Coming to comic shops 316, you need to pre-order those now. Let your local comic shop owner know that you want a copy of Hulk Grand Design Monster. Let them know that you want all four variant covers of Hulk Grand Design Monster. But uh, pre-order that stuff now. Let's do the kayfabe effect on my book. Uh, I need your help, and that's how you can do it right now. So pre-order Hulk Grand Design Monster. I would suggest we kayfabe effect our books. And... Uh, a week before that comes out, man, Red Room Comics are going to be starting up again. Red Room Trigger Warnings, issue number one, going to hit the stands in March, and every issue will be completely self-contained. Go get your hands on Red Room, the Antisocial Network, trade paperback that's out there right now and going fast. 
Uh, these comics will be self-contained, will be coming out on a monthly basis, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit, and if you can't wait, go to my Patreon and read that comic. Today, I serialize new strips every Tuesday. We have links in our link trees in the description below this video where you can get to all of these locations. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. Given those margin orders, we're going to be on our way. Read more comics.